Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tailford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. It's already getting dark outside. And Josh Brown. Are we recording this at night? What's going on? We are recording this at 3.46 p.m., which at this time of the year does just feel like the middle of the night because it's getting very dark, it's getting very Christmassy. It's getting a lot closer to Halo Infinite, hopefully releasing and hopefully being very, very good. Um, we've got oh, yeah. a bit of a menagerie of stuff to get through this week, sort of inspired a little bit by me versus Returnal, me just banging my forehead against Returnal until I managed to break through to the final credits. And um, we're going to tackle a little bit of brutal games, exhausting games, reasons that games can feel a bit more elongated than they should. Um, but we also thought we'd open on Mass Effect stuff because uh, in honor of N7 Day, uh, Bioware put out one of the new official posters for what will eventually be Mass Effect 4 or whatever the hell they're going to call it. And it's sparking a whole bunch of conversations around that. There's some visual iconography very reminiscent of the Geth in there. And there's a top-down view of what looks like the same crew from the original teaser from last year or the year before or whenever they showed this off for the first time, Times of Flat Circle. But it seems like the same kind of people. Um, and we just thought we'd talk about that stuff. So, uh, Mr. Benroy, you believe you're, you know exactly what this is. That's what you've been singing from the rooftops all yeah, the Yes, because I remember, I think I posted this to you too, like the middle of the night, and I, yes. I wanted to hold my theory until now. And like, <laughs> I, I, having been like the biggest Mass Effect fan at whatculture.com since <laughs> when it when this came out, like couldn't, April couldn't when those games it. came out. Couldn't get you stopped yeah, recommending yeah. Mass Effect 1. Uh, <laughs> he loves the um, back I think uh, that it is, uh, having beaten Massive Free, I think it is um, the whole. It's not, it's not, we all like to say Geth, but I reckon that's where Keith David landed after Massive Free <laughs> when the, everything blew. And then that's where he'll be resurrected from. <laughs> and this will be the start of the new trilogy. And it'll be Keith David's taking over the Reapers that were left. To Listen, be fair, man, yes, go on. If Cerberus spent that much money on being Shepherd, on bringing Shepherd back, like Keith David deserves at least double that budget to bring him back from the dead, to bring Captain Anderson's corpse back and make him all, you know, <laughs> robotified, maybe add a little bit of Reaper tech in there, maybe a bit of Geth technology. I can see it. I dig it. I don't, I, I do wonder what they're going to do going forward in the same timeline because we've nigh on established that that is Liara. It's, it's very similar looking Asari if it's not Liara who's in the original teaser and people who are zooming in on the new poster all the way down, like I said, it's a top-down view of what looks like a crater with four team members below it and um, looks like a Krogan, Solarian, um, potentially Liara slash Anasari. 
um, and one other potentially a human team member there as well. So it seems like they are continuing where things left off. But do you think that makes more, is, is that harder to do than a clean break? Because Andromeda had the best idea, do a side timeline, do a group of people who believed Shepard's warnings across the trilogy and went off and did their own thing. And then you could have, they could have taken that and ran with it and obviously it just ended up hitting the ground. But what do you guys think in terms of what, what they should do? I, I want to know what Ben Roy thinks because Ben Roy <laughs> is the most recent person to this franchise. And he's the biggest and fan. I mean, you can, like I said, couldn't, being, yeah, couldn't get him off. Yeah, it. the biggest well, fan. I'm desperate to know where he wants <laughs> to go next. Because I think Keith David's a busy man, so they won't be able to get him back for these games anyway. <laughs> His character um, is also very dead. But, <laughs> I mean, you, know? you can bring back anyone from uh, anywhere, really. No one's ever universe. really gone. But, but I think you i think we travel a bit in time um, i'm not sure how every alien race ages but obviously liara can be alive yes um i think you go say forward maybe like 50 100 years or maybe something or maybe enough so some <laughs> there'll be a lot of granddads and grannies like everyone that was about is like oap age in this universe of the effect that was mass mm-hmm. and i think i want to see how the gef have evolved because um, obviously, it's a big, massive Geth face left by Keith Davis' corpse, but I want to see like what Legion started and how that has progressed and manifested and sort of like mm-hmm. what the Geth are doing now. And I think like maybe you can... I, I, I could see them being sort of like the the big bads of at least another game or there's more splinter factions, maybe turn them a bit borgy at some point, borg from the Star Trek, if someone didn't hear that and I was sort of mumbling. But I think like you can have them sort of like maybe trying to either assimilate other races or, races or have separate sects of mm. Geth is what we sort of were lent into in the other the other games. But obviously they were a bit more pushed to the side towards the end because mm. we had to take down the big Reapers. But I really want to delve into them and see what's happened. And I think like you can do... Uh, something that hasn't really been done that well in recent history and like all of media is have some of the faces we sort of like know mm-hmm. and because they're aliens we can you, and it's an effective universe you can have them like Chewbacca Chewbacca's never gonna die and bless him whoever wears that Chewbacca's just a suit at this point and it's just gonna be around forever so some of these characters bring it back and uh, like murk them off at some point and just have them sort of like in and out for a bit we talked about this in a, on a DM before we were recording, maybe it was yesterday, where, I, yeah, the heart of Mass Effect is always that conversation between organic and synthetic. And I think, I like, the, I like the idea of them taking that forward. I don't know what you do with the Geth, because obviously it would be player dependent. Like, I think maybe they bring people's saves across from the Legendary Edition, and then they go, well, did you make the, the Geth and the um, Quarians make peace? And if that's the case, then maybe that affects something going forward. Because for me, it feels like a massive backstep to do stuff with the Geth, considering the way that that arc rounds itself off. There's not that many plot threads at the end of plot, uh, Mass Effect 3 that you could take and run with for a whole new game or a whole new trilogy. My, my thing is that whatever you've done within the Geth, I think they're going to mm. pick one timeline. I think they're going to pick them all alive. Like you can't, like as great as it would be to sort of like, or oh, what did you do this or that? Mm. Uh, this far out, I think you've just got to sort of pick one thing, which mm. is a, obviously one of the reasons why um, I don't like choices in games a lot because eventually you've just got to have, go down one route as it is. And I think like that sort of spark, that thing is just going to keep growing and growing within the GEF. And there's like, because they're not all one, but they are linked. And I want to see how that mm. affects them. I don't know. I feel that that is a basis for at least one game. I don't know if you could base it on a whole trilogy, but I think that GEF face is telling us <laughs> that 
The Geth are definitely Geth, a thing. Yeah. That Geth David is going to be the next antagonist. <laughs> if if Geth David TM turns up, then you heard it here first. I do think that um, because you get Legion towards the very end of Mass Effect 2, that there's there's way more they could do with a Geth squad mate. And like I said, Mass Effect 3, you can make them uh, reconcile and everything. Um, but yeah, I wonder if they're just sort of hinting that, you know, the actions of organics and synthetics talking to each other, becoming one at the end of Mass Effect 3, depending on your ending, um, is something that colors because if they're, if they're carrying on the timeline then they have to pick one of those weird endings to run with and i just think most of them break continuity going forward but josh what are your thoughts on how the living hell mass effect goes forward for me and this might be a controversial take and um, judging of what you guys have said <laughs> in this podcast and all the pints at home um, yes. is that i don't think they should try to take into account every decision in a proper narrative sense. I think we should jump far enough in the future where you can still have your story take place, but it's not directly involving the world and how it's constructed. Now, I like the idea of the Geth because, you know, they've been around for all of Mass Effect. And like Ben Roy said, you know, they've only grown in um, evolutionary prowess. They've grown in their connection between their species and stuff. So having like the Geth and, you know, the other surviving races and the other surviving characters kind of bring that knowledge forward, maybe to a new universe, maybe to a pocket of the world that was, you know, untouched by the Reapers um, in the first trilogy Mm -hmm. allows your legacy to carry on through dialogue, through references to your shepherd, through what you did with the Kroger, what you did with the Genophage, all of that stuff. But I feel like we need to get away from that and have a fresh enough start where that all happened. That's all being referenced but it's not actively affecting the environment that you're in now because that would be just impossible. Like you play Mass Effect 1 to 3 and you look at how BioWare struggled to handle the decisions in that trilogy. I just think it would be such a way to shoot them in the foot to have them be like, right, we need to honor everything the players did in the (laughs) previous three games and we need to, you know, move out from that. I don't think we should do that whatsoever. Yeah, no, it, w- it wouldn't be everything. I think it would almost be the way that Mass Effect 2 approached it, where it's just, okay, is the Rachni Queen alive? You know, what did you do? Like, sort of four or five little checks and do it that way. Because I we once did a thing, it was before Andromeda existed, we did a thing on how Bioware can save Mass Effect or the ideal way they could do a new Mass Effect. And the way that I sort of did it, because I, I wrote, like, the original version of that, was, like, you would have a team of people who were on some sort of new expedition at X years in the future, and they're talking about almost like the end of Mass Effect 3, where they got, was it Buzz, Ald- Buzz Aldrin who came in and did the little speech he's like the old astronaut that came in oh, God, maybe it's yeah. not Buzz Aldrin I just want some old astronaut did it and they talk about you know tell me another tale of the shepherd tell me this thing and the little kid who doesn't know is being told like Ben Roy said by the older, the older person what happened with uh, you know the tale of the shepherd I would take that approach and I would like writ that large have a group of people a bunch of new characters talking about what happened with the shepherd um, and then in those decisions almost at the start of Witcher 3 you are writing the canon as it is because maybe they can bring a save across or you can just have a conversation between characters and whatever you pick in those things things like oh well i heard this happened or i heard this happened and then that becomes your save or they carry forward the legendary edition stuff but i guess that'll depend on because i always feel like what's the point in doing the legendary edition and modernizing save files and stuff if you're not going to have some reflection on that even if it's it, the broadest strokes possible i don't i think there's zero going to be carried on from that i'll Ooh. just shoot you down and i just think it's literally put Mass it out there because they're making style they're making another one and mm. They, nothing's going to carry over. I think they're going to set their stuff in stone. But like kind of what Josh says, it's going to be whispers and we're going to have some people like uh, reappear throughout the thing. Let's say like maybe Liara comes back and like Rex is like around, but they're not going to be like identically like right. And then maybe Garrus because Garrus always feels like the sort of like the bedrock of a thing. But I don't think like, I think these characters 
will be about like the especially the alien ones but like i i think you're just gonna this happened this happened right my queen right my queen right my queen is gonna be around <laughs> uh like you didn't destroy how many oh, i think if they I... do that if they just go oh this character didn't even like if someone dies in your suicide mission in mass effect 2 and then they're suddenly alive in mass effect 4 that's gonna break everything it's gonna have to be if, something i more. mean they've got it though because you can't account for like it when did mass effect 1 come out like how like how many like seven i think it's, I mean, it's too long and too much to expect, especially when they want to sort of like get a new wave of people in as well, bring more mm. pe- people back through. I think you just it's there's other games like there's a there's a series, uh, the Gear series, a, a much smaller decision, <laughs> but like that. Or yes. I'm already thinking of that. That's got to be um, just set in stone straight away. Or like, well, and I think you've just got to like do 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 it. I th- I, I, I would agree with you if they. Expect. If they weren't dancing around, you know, they showed Liara, like they've shown the Geth, they've, sh- they've shown a direct continuation of what went before. I think if it was a reboot, then you could imagine those characters to come back, but they... If it's a reboot, them. I would just not even be that more interested. Like, right. I think reboots, like with a series or a galaxy of that much potential, mm-hmm. people care about sort of things. Like, re-sequels is about as much as I think you should be allowed to get away with in this photo, because it's sort of like... You're sort of starting again in a way, like mm. with Halloween, but you still got other bits coming back in to not like to respect the the fans of people that put so much time into things. Mm-hmm. Like I, again, I'd say like with certain games that go on forever, like a Resident Evil, like if they just reboot reboot that now, what's I mean, like you just like. <laughs> What, what well, am that, I doing that's with all my wasted hours? That's ostensibly my point for Mass Effect. I think if you do that yeah. and go, oh, hey, Garrus is alive again, I think that is... Uh... And also, like considering how massive the conversation was around the multiple colored endings for Mass Effect 3, they have, like either they're going to steer full bore into that and try and find a way to make it all canon or whatever they're doing, um, or they'll move away from it entirely and Liara's in a different galaxy or something like that. Um, I guess it depends whether it's a, a weight or a, or like a boon, whether they have to rely on what's gone before or not. Do you guys think that um, Shepard is in this game at all? I hope no. not. I really hope <laughs> not. Um, I feel like 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 my ideal thing is what I said before. You know, mm. I feel like the new game can take into account all of your decisions, but they can't be um, major plot points in the new game. You know, you can have someone maybe it's Liara showing up and being like, "Oh, remember when you yes. you were the Genophage? Remember when you you know allowed Legion to merge the Geth AI or whatever?" But they can't come and branch off in this game. It has to just be a history that yeah. is referred to. And I think that's how they need to tackle Shepard as well. Shepard can definitely definitely be a character who's talked about and if you import your save they can talk about the choices your shepherd made for instance but i don't think you bring shepherd back and have them be an active figure in this plot because one the shepherd story is done and i feel like bringing them back would kind of undermine that in a way and Mm. spoilers undermine the choice they made at the end of um you know mass effect 3 and the sacrifices that are made along the way i like shepherd almost like you said scott Mm. being this kind of figure you know like the shepherd someone who's who has stories told about them and it yeah. would be kind of interesting for me if you pick up as a custom character in this new game who's almost in the shadow of shepherd who was being billed kind of like in this might be a terrible idea but kind of like um spider-man in and um, the new spider-man movies who's kind okay. of in the shadow of tony stark and is, is trying to live up to this idea of being a hero you might have this new custom character who is everyone is kind of saying oh they're the next shepherd and they have to struggle with that to be this larger than life symbol as well as like a person in their own right i think that would be 
maybe quite cool. That would be cool. I just yeah, I just wonder what they what they do with that because it's just like I mean the thing is like depending on which ending you chose, synthetics and organics potentially became one new life form, and then we just left it, and they left it as writers, um, as they have since talked about you know making up that game story as they went along, like they have to ditch all the dark matter stuff. So I kind of I wonder what other remnants they bring back in for that stuff. Um, the only other thing is, um, do you guys think Mass Effect Andromeda is remotely referenced at all in any way, or do they just go that's over there now? We'll never talk about it again. I think someone will flush a toilet at some point. You might hear the words Andromeda. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I'm just going to let Josh's theory on that before I jump into something you said as well, Scott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just going to say um, with Andromeda, I think they'll reference it like they did the original trilogy in Andromeda, where it's like uh, a one scene thing of look what was going on over here. They'll probably mention that, you know, all of these people were on board to another galaxy. And maybe yes. have Liara be like, I wonder what happened with those guys. We never heard from them again. You know, what's that character in uh, The Simpsons who dies on the way home? Is it like Poochie or something? You know, <laughs> he died on, on his way to like his home that. planet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got all the stuff with the riders and like, all the stuff with uh, Garrus's dad and working with the elusive man and there's like there's a whole bunch of stuff off in Andromeda that they can just sort of hand wave away I'm sure the amount of time that it took them to get to Andromeda means that it wouldn't matter on the continuation of this timeline unless like Benroy said they jumped far enough ahead but what was the other thing you were going to say uh, Benroy? Well apart from the, they'll just say oh that mission failed and oh they're all dead sorry <laughs> everyone lol um, <clears throat> like you bring everything like I think that that third ending is manifested from them and I think that third ending is so in the way that things can continue. And I think like the, the gap thing is just be like how synthetics and organics blend together. And I think that that is going to be sort of like how this is happening and how this has affected the galaxy and how this is going forward. And I want to see it. And mm. I think that's, I, I think I just, I've said the same thing over and over again in several <laughs> different ways to try and get you just say, yes, Ben Roy, now I'm going to work it. <laughs> now go and work at Bioware and, yeah, um, 60 quid. When have I ever said yes, Benroy? It depends <laughs> what it is. I think in this case, they could go either way. I think that they are, the fact that they haven't said it's Mass Effect 4 or Mass Effect colon a new title um, makes me think that they are also sketching this stuff out. I don't actually think we're going to see this game for another year or two years or three years. It'll be well, a while. this, boys. For as much as, you know, I love Mass Effect, like it's my favorite, second favorite franchise of all time. Like Ooh. I'm not necessarily excited for this game because the trilogy is so closed off it was such a thing like i'm going to be excited by the time we get to like the trailers and the proper deep dives but just seeing the poster just seeing them say mass effect will continue that alone isn't enough to get like my wheels racing in my mind Mm. or getting me like incredibly hyped up because they are on a back foot especially well not just after andromeda but everything else bioware has done since the disappointments along the way they're definitely on the back uh, foot so before i'm fully on board they need to show something confident and it's still very fun to you know have these discussions and talk about what could be but in terms of actual tangible um products and actual tangible work and actual tangible excitement for myself <laughs> it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long road until that game comes out and hits all of those marks no i think they they need to show a level of confidence towards the brand that they haven't for since mass effect 2 let's say um it's been a long time and i think that like you said they're past mistakes there was anthem even dragon age inquisition didn't land that 
strong. So um, it's they've got a massive uphill battle, and like yeah, the fact that they haven't confirmed which direction they're going in is kind of it's kind of part of the fun, but it's also like if you're looking for that semblance of confidence or direction, they just don't have it. Um, so overall, um, we're just curiously optimistic. We'll see what happens with Mass Effect. Maybe it'll be another N7 day before we get another update in 2022. Um, but also we thought we'd talk about various games that are just super exhausting because we've all got something that we've banged our head against until we managed to get through it. Ben Roy finally finished the, the uh, Solitaire Conspiracy with a fractured hand to be able to get all those cards and all those different Literally. things together. Smashing the D-pad as I'm frank- frantically <laughs> trying to get all those cards to go where they need to for 15 waves. And if you fail, you just got to start again. You've got a nice shiny platinum out of it, though. Yeah, but it just hurt myself. And as I hurt myself playing that game last night, I thought how you mentally hurt yourself playing um, oh. Returnal. And I thought how we could talk <laughs> about your, I mean, whatever you want to divulge to our listeners about like the, <laughs> the the journey that you went on over the weekend and how me and Josh at uh, Increments tried to coach you through it. And like, not you, uh, yeah, just you try guys- to be there for you. It was like, thank you both. There was one bit where um, it was like, the, we had talked about this on uh, Monday's pod a little bit too, but like, yeah, to very briefly summarize, I hit, a, I hit a wall with Returnal where I got killed by the second last enemy right towards the end. And then I was just like, I don't think I have it in me to do this anymore. And you guys both said, look, it's for your own human worth on this planet that you retire this game. And I had that, and it's such a, it's a BS thing to hold, but I think it's that old school mentality of like, no, no, I need to do it because like the game's not going to beat me and all that kind of stuff and it's just, I, ha- I had to see it through i was like i couldn't be at peace until i got through that game so i went back on it i played it all saturday sunday uh i'm in a space with call of duty and other stuff like guardians and i finally beat it at like two in the morning on sunday night slash monday morning um and i just saw it sat there i didn't feel happy i didn't feel euphoric i just sat there heart going crazy as I just sort of like did a weird shaky breath thing and I was just glad it was over. I was just glad I got through it. I think that game is very, very cruel. Um, and we talked about it a lot on Monday, but my, I'm glad I got through it. And also now I'm going for the Act 3 Platinum thing. So I can't, I'm, I'm just that ill, but I need I to feel, see it through. Still blows my mind because like Ben Roy was saying, you know, we almost tr- kind of like staged an intervention for you. Not because <laughs> we didn't want you to not finish the game, but because we knew how much it was hurting you. You know, you were messaging saying, oh. this is very cruel. I'm not having a fun. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. 
For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, what Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. That time, I know no. I'm going to waste all my weekend. And I didn't want you to waste your weekend, Scott Tilford. I wanted <laughs> you to play all of those other nice games that you mentioned instead because nice you shouldn't play games. things if you're not enjoying them. But that said, I'm sure we've all played things even when we weren't enjoying them just because mm. we needed to finish them but we, okay, and so uh, complete it. We've, uh, we've talked about this a few times because like, what is the thing that makes you guys hit credits? Because I know like Benroy, you're really good at chasing down Platinums. Josh, you get them too. But like one thing, I always go back to Days Gone, not to focus on Days Gone too much, but as an example of a reason of something to get through, Days Gone is a notably elongated game with really stretched out story beats. And over time, both you guys both said that it was such a slog to get through. Was it chasing the Platinum? Was it just like, oh my God, I've started, so I'll finish? Like, what was that? What is that thing that got you through that game? Because I gave up on Days Gone after... 50 hours or whatever it was for me it's kind of you know we we, we often talk about you know what we've been playing over the weekend and mm. i know scott tilford you're um, like the king of flitting between a bunch of other I'm games a big you know, jumping into I like something. A you're a big dipper jump into something for two hours play stubs the zombie for 10 minutes and you know really enjoy it <laughs> for me i just i don't get any satisfaction out of that i like being in something and i like mm. the satisfaction that comes with um finishing something so for me almost if i play 30 hours of days gone and know there's 10 hours left giving up at the 30 hour mark almost makes those previous 30 hours a waste of it's time like waiting in a queue not to get in somewhere it kind of is but in my head just, my head just works that way so i need to finish it um, at that point so i can kind of see it as a whole if i'm just it's why i don't kind of like just dip into games like you do you know mm. it's very rare that i'll kind of fret between things and then not finish them just for the enjoyment in the moment like i don't get anything from that personally i like being in a world and i like finishing it off and there's very few games that i haven't finished and we talked about this the other week a lot of them are ubisoft games mm. and if I, if I don't i almost consider it a bit of a bit of a failing on my part you know if i'm enjoying something i don't finish it it's a very different thing of this doesn't click for me and then i definitely won't go through it like anthem you know that didn't click for me so i didn't play it and um, right, right. 26 that eventually didn't click for me so i've just pied that off you know it's a, it's a different thing between disliking something and giving up and liking something but not loving it for the duration. i will super quickly just clarify that i love a good buffet so i love it i love a nice dip i love a nice menagerie 
history of uh, aperitifs, and then if something clicks, if something's tasty, I'll, I'll then I'll devour the whole plate. But I've got to try that whole buffet thing to see what's going to click. That's my general approach to as many games as possible, and then I'll just I'll devour a Metroid Dread, I'll devour a Cana Bridge of Spirits, um, but it depends what it is. Benroy, what's your approach? See, I um, first of all, I wouldn't really get half these patterns if things like podcasts and audiobooks didn't exist because. Mm. Uh, a lot of this is a conduit for me to just consume other media, and I'm, I'm, like, I, if there's any old, if there's any old old people here, like, I couldn't do what my granddad just does and sit and listen to a record, right, or listen to music <laughs> and just let let music just blast. I, mean, I do I'm that. Like, I'm, I'm like, is. I'm like, man, why are you why are you not doing something else at the same time? Why are you not like you know trying to grind out seventy? Get him on eternally. I love that. But he, he would he would hate it, mate. He would sleep. He would. Um, I can't remember what film put him to sleep last year, but I digress. I need to do something with my hands as well. I can't. I can't just sit there and listen to mm. a podcast. I need. I need to be. I, I think it's just the way I am. I need to be doing like maximizing my time, whether it even though it's for pointless stuff because these pointless digital trophies mean nothing but at the same time they mean I've everything like, i've tried to like hold them to a point where i get good platinums of them he's like i don't just go and get like these one pound games and you squirt them out in like five minutes and then you've got another <laughs> platinum as, as i've seen some people fall down that hole in the recent years but i try and go for games that i know get like when I go to it, it was like, well, before Last of Us 2 came out, I'm going to plan the Last of Us 2. Like, right, I'm doing that. Uh, like, I, I, I like to do certain games, but like with, as I like a lot, with uh, this, like, if I was you, I wouldn't be listening to Returnal at that point, And I would just be listening to some people chat in my ear. And I did do that for parts of Returnal. Oh, I did do a lot of podcasting for Returnal. Yeah. It's a really good podcast game. When I, when I was dying over and over again. And I, I like to, I think I just like to beat games because I feel like it's, it's weird. It's like why would you watch half a movie sort of thing that I get with an Ubisoft game where it's just sort of like, I don't know. You just, you, you, I felt like I put on seven stone playing that and I wasn't really eating during it. Um, the new Far Cry one. I was just playing it over and over and it became sort of mechanical after a point. And again, just the conduit. So I could listen to like the Metro audiobook and finally finish that. But again, I like to see, not like you have to get 100% completion, but I at least like to hit credits and finish a story. Like yes. I just feel like, yeah, it, well, you don't. I, I'm not gonna say you're you're crap for not doing that, but I like why why would you just dip in sort of thing? No, I think for me, narrative and story is the greatest pull to get me through something. Like obviously, I, I mean, gameplay can be gameplay is king, but like if there's a, if there's a narrative hook, if there's a big thing that I'm working towards, then yeah, I would make that akin to giving up on a movie three quarters of the way through. I think if you've seen a lot of a gameplay loop over and over again, and you know it's not going to go anywhere, like an Ubisoft game, then uh, that's more you you, you can't just, <clears throat> just dip out of Far Cry Six, and you're not gonna see any more of it you know i mean there is a bit of a story but it almost feels like the story is ancillary to why you're even there in the first place but um josh what was the thing you were gonna say i was just gonna say before we started recording this we got the news that squid game is coming back for a season two and i think that kind of sums up the same mentality i have with games in that you guys know that i i'm very um hesitant to watch a tv show that isn't finished because i don't want to commit that much time to something that I might not enjoy by the time all is said and done or that doesn't have an ending and I might be watching for 15 years like Supernatural, you know. I love things that um, begin 
and then end. It's why I love limited series. It's why I've recently enjoyed um, Midnight Mass. It's why I really mm. enjoyed Squid Game. But now in the case of Squid Game, I kind of feel like they've duped me by saying it's only one season long. Now I'm invested. <laughs> and now I don't know if the rest of the seasons are going to be good. I don't know if it's going to end in a year, if it's going to end in five years. You know what I mean? I feel like that sense of unknown is something I hate. So I, I don't want to feel like mm. my time is being wasted. And that kind of uh, transfers over to games as well, where if I if I'm investing in something, I'm going to invest like whole ass, you know what I mean? I'm going to be all in and I want to love you the most I can. See, and if you kind of disrespect what, that, it can I just me. What broke this? Did The Walking Dead or something like that break you when it comes to this? Because I'm a bit the same where um, there's there's a sci-fi thing on Amazon, which I haven't watched yet. The Ascent. Uh, is it the... No, that's the Apple TV Sorry, the, thing. That's just one. started. Yeah. And, uh, but there's, there's, there's something... That it's, it, that's why I watched Battlestar Galactic, because I knew that was done rather than watching the Amazon sci-fi show. <clears throat> but like with, like, say, The Walking Dead, where there's like a billion episodes, I wonder why... The I mean, expanse. I guess you... The Expanse, that was it. But I guess, Josh, because you were just like, we was all 15 years younger when The Walking Dead first started. Well, so that's, it. that's exactly it, man. Like, The Walking Dead is part of the reason why I just stopped watching shows week to week. It was The Walking Dead, oh, and it was Supernatural. You know, Supernatural, I got into in the season one, like back in 2005 or whatever, literally 15, 16 years ago when I was but a young lad. Then The Walking Dead, obviously I was younger, we had more time to watch TV um, on the go. But now as you get older, now as your time is more precious, I mean, this is now just a TV podcast, but I don't want to watch it. I can bring it all the way back though. Kind of um, completed. If I don't know it's going to end, if I don't know I'm going to enjoy it for the duration, the week to week anxiety is just as bad as the kind of day to day anxiety of playing, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, just being like, is this going to be worth it in the end? I'm not entirely well, see, sure. Well, see, that's what I want to like want to zero in on. It's a sense of worth. Like, it's sort of, I could tell that Returnal was worth my time. I think that, because Cuphead, um, I gave up on in Act 3. I was on the final act. There was like three bosses left and I died to a power-up because there wasn't there aren't any invincibility frames in that game when you trigger your special. So I was in mid-air. I was about to defeat the boss. I did the special. Cuphead hung in mid-air and I died. And I was like, well, that sucks. That feels like that's broken. So F this game and I deleted it. Whereas Returnal, um, it feels like it has a level of um, the way that it's been crafted. It feels like it has this level of craftsmanship to it that I want to see it through. And there is a bit of a story, but it's mainly gameplay. But I know there's a sense of worth there that is going to be fundamentally rewarding overall so i stick with it there's not a sense of worth to a 60 hour 70 80 hour ubisoft game at least in the modern day there isn't anyway and so i think it's easier to drop off those things and know that you're not getting that you know you know that the worth is within yourself then it is more worth for you to drop off that thing and i think that's case by case I would say there's worth to them when you play it one and a year or every other year like I do. I've only delved back into these big Ubisoft games recently, mm. and that's because they teased me in with London last year. They got John Carlos Espinier out this year, <laughs> and he held a copy of the Xbox game and forgot what copy he was holding uh, on Twitter. That was hilarious. But yeah, I, and the same <laughs> reason why I won't just go and platinum anything, but you need to sort like i wish there was either like not reviews like we got reviews right but there was like a can you pet the dog twitter account like is it a worth it beating the story twitter account like where right, is the right. is the story is the, does the narrative wrap up and do you have to do seventy four thousand sort of like side quests and pointless fetch quests mm-hmm. before you can get to that point but then like say there's a game like sekiro where i hated it but i beat it because it's sort of like the when you go back to that game like that player sort of mentality where it's a bad like return is going to be worth beating it's, it's this badge one like i yes. beat this and that's kind of like why i get some plans because I, I like how rare they are but at the same time with sekiro 
I just want to I beat that game. Right. Now, everyone, leave me alone. That exact <laughs> sentiment is why I kept going with Returnal. And that's such a mix of... I did a whole video on, on this. It was initially called Why We're All Idiots for Thinking Video Game Difficulty Matters. And it got smoothed over by our bosses who was like, you can't call everybody idiots. So it became the origin <laughs> of video game difficulty. But go watch that video. Point being, though, that I absolutely have that mentality in me where I don't want to let the game beat me. And I do want to have that uh, badge of honor, invisible badge of honor thing. Um, and that is in me. Like, I will take on whatever the hardest games are. But to a point, like, I'm not playing um, 1001 Spikes, but I am playing Super Meat Boy, and I am playing Returnal, and I am playing Dark Souls, and I will get through Sekiro. And, like, Benro, you've just said you have that too. But, Josh, do you have that feeling of, like, that inner feeling of, like, well, I can't let this thing beat me? Sometimes, but I think for, for me, and, um, you know, we were originally going to talk about, like, just difficult video games for this section. Mm. But for me, there's a big distinction between things that are tough, um, like Returnal, like Sekiro, like Super Meat Boy, and things that are just exhausting. And yes. for me, when it comes to tough games, I don't mind if they beat me. Obviously, I have that mentality in mind of, you know, I want to make sure it doesn't best me. I want to get over this hurdle. I want to be um, a part of the group that has can say that they've beaten dark souls you know mm -hmm. on specific modes or whatever but there's I, no shame in my mind of not finishing super meat boy like i didn't not finishing cuphead like i didn't because you get to a point where you're like this is really good i loved everything and now i'm at a point where it's it's one and that's okay i think that's different from an exhausting <laughs> game like days gone where if i got 30 hours in a days gone like i said and just gave up on the lap final 10 that's when I would be thinking and getting all existential about it, thinking everything else I've done this then wasn't worth it, which mm -hmm. I don't get with Cuphead, which I don't get with Super Meat Boy, because that in itself, overcoming those challenges along the way, that was already satisfying. So if I only get seven levels out of 10, I still feel satisfied. I still feel like I've accomplished something, whereas I don't in those bloaty games where mm -hmm. I'm like, the last 30 hours were a mess and it's amounted to nothing. At least it amounts well to something in difficult games. Sorry, yeah, just plus, like, the only thing you're overcoming in a, in a really long, bloated, Days Gone Ubisoft game um, is time. It's just time. Yeah. You know there's not going to be any great challenge. It's not really a badge of honor. You, it's just time sunk. Over there's the thing with, with um, like, the Ubisoft game with Far Cry. <clears throat> PS5 trophies tweet this out. Like, he was comparing the list of Far Cry uh, 4 and 5 and 6, and they're pretty much... The, the exact same trophies like mm. one of them is slide this far in far cry 5 and it slide a little <laughs> bit further in far cry 6 like things like that where it's just right. like <clears throat> again they're just it's like Ugh. So that's why i'm never be like oh you didn't beat that game or if you're your crapper games or why don't you why don't you stick the hours in and why don't you go through there and find john carlo espino why don't you slap him in the face of being an naughty dictator sort of thing like mm -hmm. I, and I, I never do sort of, sort of like a superior complex it's also like the idea of like, I like to feel like figure in my mind, like when I beat a thing as well, like I get that sort of little badge in my brain about what I've beaten and stuff. And I, I, I like, I like lists in, to an extent. <laughs> and I like looking at the, the list of beaten and, and also the, I think the fascinating thing about um, trophies, and it's not one thing, I'm not the only one to say it, but I like it as a, akin to sort of like a diary or a journal. Like that's when I beat that sort of thing. And like, mm -hmm. where did I go next? And it's like, unless Sony, fall apart and Shuhei finally takes over and starts like starts a new uh faction within Sony like I feel like they're going to be there for as long as I'm alive at least anyway hopefully mm -hmm. and I can get back and, oh, I did that that and that and I like I like to look back at it in weird ways because I don't know we don't do things that we don't go around and conquering new islands or planets in real life so I like to go back and I did that then <laughs> and how like 
it's always a Sunday evening at like two o'clock in the morning that I'm beating. It's like, and you <laughs> look at my scanning us what we're playing as well. You could on Monday and what saw you on that, saw you on Returnal. You look and you look at my playtime on a Wednesday, and it's it, literally nothing on it. I never do really anything on a Wednesday, like mm. it, it dips in the middle. <laughs> no, I think that the the diary aspect of it is uh, is really fascinating, considering that it is literally a breakdown of levels and challenges, and when you did them, they're all dated and timed and everything. Um, that that that, that kind of like factor in and stuff as well. But I just I think it's fascinating that um, maybe even generationally dependent. I don't know if it came from um, like the arcades or it came from games being harder when they were two D or whatever. But somewhere in there is this feeling that we have to beat stuff. And I want to. I think that if we like do this for a living, you should make an effort to try and get through as much stuff as you can to as many to whatever degree that is applicable. But sometimes it gets crazy and sometimes it is just bumming you the f out. Like, I mean, Josh, you took a month off games after Days Gone because it was I just need. <laughs> And like with Returnal, I was just sitting there going like, I almost gave myself a heart attack playing that. I was literally feeling my chest move a lot, going like, did I just almost kill myself trying to beat this game? I was just that stressed out. Sometimes it's just not worth it, man. Like you mean, like you get through a day's gone and then you just think, I need to take some time off. Like I loved um, Death Stranding, obviously. One of the few mm. games that I could have played more of and I've recently done the um, uh, director's cut, as you know. But even then, I had to take a bit of a break. I tried to jump straight into Far Cry 6 and I was just like, no, that is not good. I can't go from 80 hours on Death Stranding into another 40 hours on that. I needed mm. something smaller, which is why I jumped to um, Alan Wake. I think that's very fair. Um, we should end on a question from your friend and mine, Haley, who says, as someone who has never played a single Far Cry game aside from Far Cry Primal, is 6 a good starting point or is there a better game playable on current generation to start on? I want to go gut feeling with this. What do you, what do you guys think uh, she should start on? I think Far Cry 3. Oh, but my, my question is, Far Cry 3, one of my favorite games ever, one of the most revolutionary open world games ever. Does yes. it still hold up? I've never, I've not yes. played it since 2012. It's still. the same game as Far Cry 6. It just has a better villain. Interesting. <laughs> so, They've um, been making the same game for nine years now. I would, have... I would, I, I'm going to poo-poo that, and I say the villain in Far Cry 6, if you go through and see all the... I'm doing my latest thing now. If you see all the cutscenes, <laughs> I think... <laughs> He's quite all a decent... six of them. He's barely in it. No, he's in it a lot more than what I've seen in the other villains. Like, we need to get this. We need to wash that away. That mm. little, that little poo poo of oh, it's it's climbing the tower and slap him in the face, and they've gone again. But no, I think Far Cry Six is bloody long. Far Cry Six, I think, is still very expensive. I bought Far Cry Six because. A Twitter account that I follow tweeted out a link for forty pounds. So it's like I'm buying that for forty pounds. <laughs> if it wasn't forty pounds, I wouldn't have got it. I spent um, full price like the moron I if am. If you've got if you've got a PS3 or the, I don't know if it's 360, you know what? Get Far Cry Classic and play the original first Far Cry oh, and oh, mug oh, all these no. other ones off. Oh, no, because, no, 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 no. Because, that, that's, um, that's his elitism talking there. You don't, you don't want to go the, back the to the original Far Cry, Far Cry was something special. Where oh my god, I'm sneaking around on this tropical island. I'm in the war and there's a it has a bit of a twist towards the end. No, where it's no, like, no, I don't no. know. You you could climb tower and just slam slap a random nonce at the end of the game if you want in all these other ones. But you know when you make too many drinks and you've got to try and calm him down again. This is this is it gets to a point where you're recommending Far Cry One in 2021. Now that oh. Far Cry One isn't worth playing, but I put I put that in the same bracket as Crisis, where it's just like yeah, it was a big deal at the time, but it does not hold up very much. Mister Mister Josh, watch Brown. the Far watch the Far Cry movie. There's a Far no. Cry. Don't movie do that there. either. No, just play oh. Far Cry Three. It's available on PS4 slash PS5 or Xbox or whatever. Uh, Vass is a way better villain than um, Castillo, and it doesn't matter about time on screen. I think Michael Mando's Vass is a way better, more captivating villain. But that's just me. 
You're all unearthing repressed memories here. It's, I can't believe you reminded <laughs> me that the Far Cry movie exists. My laughing absolutely sucks. Far Cry good. one sucks. Far Cry two's the best one. Far Cry three <laughs> is great. And yeah, Haley, get get Far Cry six because you know what? It plays bloody well. And if you've never played one of these before, I think it's a good entry point because you won't be, um, you mm. know, exhausted by all of the repeated missions. You won't be exhausted by the repeated gameplay loops. It'll feel fresh. And if you have a next gen console or PC, it looks bloody good. I it think does. as an introduction to the series, it's solid. It's just, if you've played I them all, Danny like me, as well. it gets tiring. Yes. Danny's great like, as well. Yeah. Dan- Danny is awesome. The thing is like six is the best playing one by a country mile. I just think the money side of it, the full price side of it might put her off. It depends mm-hmm. what, depends what disposal money you've got. I still think three is the best one by far. Like I said, I think they've been making the same game for nine years, but I think six is like a nice liquid butter version of what three began. I mean, this, the settings are quite similar visually anyway, but um, you can't really I go wish... wrong three or six. I wish there was a, a mode in that game. I mean, all of the games was like, just leave me alone for a minute. Don't just keep spawning some <laughs> random mug coming down on his horse around the corner or some a crew in their car. Just, I just want to go, just go away for a moment while I look at my map sort of thing. That bit like, in that, um, <clears throat> GTA 4 when you can turn the phone off and just, I just want to just <laughs> be, I just want to be here and not have people wow. DMing yeah. me. What? That, that's I've just realized that you can turn your phone off in GTA 4 and that yeah. was prescient for my entire life. That was the feature I was looking at <laughs> in my main life as well. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Rockstar, Nico for Bellic, for setting the way for all of us to follow. Um, but yes, thanks to everybody. Well, it was a bunch of questions we got in the, uh, the other week that I thought I'd resurrect one or two every now and then. Um, but also, we'll, we'll keep an eye on Mass Effect. We'll keep an eye on Brutal Games. Go play Returnal. It's pretty good. I might not say that next week when I've banged my head against it some more, but we'll <laughs> see. For now, though, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ben Roy Turner. This time next week, I would have played some Returnal. And Josh Brown. <laughs> I can't follow that up. I'm just going to say bye. Returnal, Returnal, Returnal. We'll catch you returning next week. Bye-bye. See ya. I meant more Returnal. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.